Hi, everyone. Welcome to Universal Energy Radio and to the lowest effect. My name is Alisa. My name is Liz. I was going to say, my name is the one who is observing Liz. The no, observer. Observing the one who is observing <laughs> the one who is still observing. She that's, might that, could that's observe you. She, she might could observe you. Ah, oh, no. Oh, she might could. <laughs> She's sexy to him. Oh, don't do this. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god, that's so funny. What are these two drunk bitches talking about? Okay, so what we just did, oh my god. We just did a ridiculous mashup that only the two of us could do and we need to explain it to the people. Okay. So I have been just as long as I've known my dear friends from the South, and now it's many years, just fascinated with how how they speak over there, because I'm a Yankee, and I love the expression, fixing to this, and I might could, and this, that, and the other, and Elisa has been sending me these hysterical, as a matter of fact, now he's on my feed, because I think of all the messages you give me, so now he, I just, he just pops up on my regular Instagram feed. Cool. <laughs> I think his name is Brandon? Brandon. 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 Yes. Landon, L-A-N, Landon. Oh, Landon, Landon, who is like Tennessee Williams and a drag queen. That's who Landon is. And, <clears throat> okay, so all of these, obsc- to me, obscure uh, southern southernisms, um, I have learned, so it's, it's expanded upon my knowledge, okay, so that's one part of this mashup coming from Elisa. And then my part of this mashup is that I've been, it's not existential, but another para-existential, P-A-R-A, I don't know what it is. Existential adjacent, I have no idea. <laughs> but I've been in this uh, shifting of consciousness really going to take the rest of my life, um, mindful non-attachment, and to really sit in the seat of the observer, one who observes. And that's very inspired, particularly by Michael Singer, but really uh, this first came on my radar, I would say, with the power of now and Eckhart Tolle, but it's all it's all same truth expressed differently whatever resonates and lines up for you. So lately, I have been really diving deep, so deep into these concepts that I'm at this part, this this uh, state, which I've never really entered before, of even in meditation as much, <clears throat> one who observes. And then I'm just taking it to the level of I am the, you know, I am observing the one who's observing the one who's being observed. <laughs> <laughs> so like you're still living your life you're still living your life you're still doing the things you're still uh, being a, a responsible uh, adult honoring your commitments and your, your obligations and so forth but it's such healthy detachment and it's not shutting down and it's not being blocked it's actually being so present that it transcends um, being impacted by reaction or judgment. Will reaction happen? Absolutely. Will judgment occur? Of course. But there. Because when you are the one who is observing the one who's being observed and you're just observing the observer, you're really in the last row of that audience. Like in the corner on the aisle seat. There's the exit right behind you. You can sneak out anytime, but you don't want to because you're very comfortable there, and it's good, and it's cute. And it's a whisper of a breath right now because it's so new of just the continuum of consciousness. So even when we see form changing, you know, we all get older, we all shift, we you know, we we um, are always in a state of change. But I'm seeing it more as change as opposed to decay. 
Do you follow? Mm-hmm. Like, as opposed yeah. to, yeah. well, this is it. No, this is more like, oh, that's cute. Okay. And then it's going to turn into something. All right. So it's like that, that, that time-space continuum, mm-hmm. which is infinite, which means it's always going to be this. It's going to take different forms, but it's always going to be the state of observation. So that's why I said what I said. What I said. What I said. I said what I said. Uh, what I said. What I said. <laughs> but then you got then you threw in all the landisms, all the other right. I might I might could observe. Oh, That's so funny. I might could. I'm fixing could. I uh, there's so many now. I, I can't. I mean, I was happy with I'm fixing to, but might could. Oh, it's it's I nuanced. It's nuanced. Um, it's beyond nuanced. And and this is uh, so you know, uh, Landon. I thought thought he was a southern gay man. He's not. He's married. Has a kid. Um, really? Yeah. Now he fits into a category of southern man who speaks very effeminately. Um, I don't. Yes, I know quite a few. They they are straight. Ish, but and but, but, yeah, but yeah. Decent. <laughs> <Shane> and decent, <laughs> Yeah, but they but they sound very very feminized. But they mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that they're you know necessarily not heterosexual or identifying as that or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. interesting. But he's uh, he's got he he's got some real, and I think he's a he's a teacher. I think he's an educator. <laughs> so well, he, well, he, he uh, certainly has educated the hell out of me. Yeah, <laughs> interesting so yeah yeah it's it's uh i think it's called landon speaks and he just he lives in yes. mississippi and some of he my so friends uh, have turned me on to him uh this is my friend who isn't from the south she's from oklahoma which is definitely midwest uh mm-hmm. <laughs> she's she just loves she loves his little takes mm-hmm. on southern southernisms and how, how things so are said or done in the south. So if you catch him on Instagram, I'm pretty sure he's got a more extensive YouTube channel. But Land, I think it's Landon. I'm sure Speaks. he has TikTok. Sure he has. <laughs> anyway, good for Landon. But that was funny. I might I might could observe his. <laughs> yeah. No, but it. it it's just been this really interesting shift. I think I said on the last show that um, concepts that I've been, you know, reading and studying for a couple of years now are just be- beginning to gel and make sense. Ergo, or I might could get into um, observation mode. And it's, it's really interesting. I thought it was like a huge big deal to go from to shift from knee jerk reaction to just taking taking a second and responding. This takes that to a whole new level. It's, it's, it's even underneath that. It's even it's even underneath participating in life, but allowing it to unfold mm-hmm. at the same time, letting it breathe. Yeah, it's a very very interesting shift and interestingly enough when I got into the eight almost a year ago because my birthday is the end of this month almost the end of happy June everybody yay Um, (laughs) I was like what the hell's going on in this eight because I'm manifesting a lot of chaos a lot of explosive activity and a lot of endings. And I would say to you, girl, isn't that supposed to happen in the ninth? And what you so um, beautifully and simply, so I could freaking understand it, said, and I really, it comforted me. Um, I never, I always thought like the endings of the nine, it's like all good things are going to go away. So, of course, somebody with chronic abandonment issues and, and anxious attachment style that I can trace down to infancy. Hello, it kind of makes sense. I get it. <laughs> so I just thought, well, any, you know, uh, any good thing that I have is going to end in the nine. Nah, because you said, and this was so helpful, that 
um, certain old forms will end and will be replaced with wisdom. I think that's what's been going on mm. throughout the to really come forth in the nine. So now I'm no longer, I guess I was like low-key resisting the nine. Like, oh, my God, I worked so hard and all this stuff is going to end, you know. No, I'm not going to lose my home and my job, you know, or my Maple Leaf boyfriend. I'm not going to lose any of those things. I'm not going to lose. <laughs> I'm not going to lose those things. But what I'm going to lose is the illusion. What I'm going to lose, what's going to end or lose or whatever is feeling that I have to work so hard to be an active participant in this life. So it's very, it's, it's a very interesting shift in time. Mm. But I like reminding myself, like, how, you know, how much more into the state of observation can I be in? And it's, it's really, really amazing to sort of take and then see how that affects your communication with others. It does in a really yeah. positive way. Um, I have minimized, if not full out, avoided um, conflict in my household mm. with either one of my sons just by being in observation. It still doesn't take, it still does, doesn't mean like, okay, set the house on fire, bye. No, not, <sighs> not at all. Not at all. It, no, if anything, and this is so paradoxical I've never been more present mm. I'm just not working so hard at it because working hard at it means you're not being present means you're in your head yeah wow fascinating that's where we are that's what's happening kids it's pretty powerful stuff I know right glad we have a show to talk about it on <laughs> you know what I'm saying like hello that's <laughs> true though no, for real. I like, know. You can, you can work it all out, you know? Yeah. yeah but to have a, a, a forum that, um, oh, my God, I probably told you this at one of my many NYU seminars, that you can't say safe space anymore? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. It's a courageous space. Okay. I feel that that's so patronizing. Whatever. I don't think the same thing wrong with saying the safe space. It's, I don't either. I don't get it, but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'll still a, say I, it. I think, I'll still say it. Oh yeah, I'm saying it. Yeah, I'm, I don't I'm work for NYU. Work, so I, I can say it whenever, however I want. <laughs> but yeah, that's right, girl. I'll say it on the street. <laughs> um, no, and oh my God, shh! Don't fire me. Ah, no. Um, I know. But speaking of which, again, just letting things unfold. I am so grateful. So not only did they schedule me for the for the summer, which I mentioned, which will just be two classes a week. Thank God. But listen, as long as I can feed my kids and pay my rent, I'm good. Just I just want income. Mm-hmm. Any shape mm-hmm. or form, just give me income. So that's beautiful. And then on top of that, they booked me for four online workshop sessions. Yay. And then today, this afternoon, former students um, booked me to coach them privately two hours for an audition. Mm. And what's great is um, she contacted them at the studio where I used to teach at. And I guess I guess the students, they could have access to space. So actually, I'm going to go... Uh, over there this afternoon to uh, coach her. And um, she's Asian-American, mm-hmm. and it's a lead role for a film that sounds really interesting about, it's based on a real-life pop star. Um, and actually, I even know the band. The band is called Japanese Breakfast. And oh. it's crazy that I know who they are, but they're, they're actually really good. So the lead singer is based on her experience with her. Uh, she's Korean-American with her Korean mother, how uh, through her mother's cancer diagnosis, how they came together to resolve their differences. So what's great, I love when 
I'm hired to um, to coach or to cast or to do whatever, or even the possibility of that, and I'm given a scene, as I am for today's thing, or a script if I'm to be involved um, as a casting person. Even if it doesn't go further than me looking at this material, it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I'm doing, I'm doing a little research because I'm coaching her, and uh, there is a uh, monologue that's all about um, kimchi and mm-hmm. this festival that they do every fall, and all these, and uh, fascinating. So I read the scene. Uh, then I research what this festival is. I see all these pictures. It's so fabulous. And then I did some more research, and I found uh, an article from Psychology Today about a, a Korean-American woman coming to terms with her mother's illness, who's from Korea, and she went to visit her in Korea. So I sent these two to my former student. I'm looking at them myself. But it's so lovely just to learn. And now that I'm using this observational filter right now, which I hope to be mindful of for the rest of my life or to really include that and to have conscious awareness of to be in the seat of the observer, it will only serve not only myself but all those I interact and communicate with. Mm. Because I think it's true that. So you get to really learn without getting in the way of that learning. Mm-hmm. Or having your own hyper, you know, oh, I just, I just realized. Hypervigilance. <laughs> I swapped out. I swapped out. Ding, 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 ding. I swiped out the hypervigilance for the observation. And hypervigilance is such a trauma response for survival that I've used my entire life. So that to me was always baseline and normal. I remember I used to say this for years and years and years that I used to convulse, I used to shake all the time, and then it would stop and it would come back. And I, and I saw this healer, and she said it was my dead ex-boyfriend, so I thought it was that. No, it's not. I realized from doing my research and my observation how are and I thought of you with your physical issues, and you know what I think it is or what I believe it to be? It's not my ex-boyfriend. Not that you did anything wrong, or even that you're carrying all of these centuries of ancestral burden and trauma. I think there is a degree of that to that, but I don't. I don't think necessarily that's the entire picture for for any of us. Independent of our conscious, rational mind, our bodies need to process our trauma. So, it's the tremors have come back. The, I would say the last week or so, when I started touching on this observational mode, and now I'm observing like, oh, look at how, look at my body seeing the trauma. I haven't grieved my mother yet, so that makes mm-hmm. sense. I'm not avoiding it at all. I just know that. She's on the other side working her stuff. She's showing up more than she has before. She's showing, she's doing her thing on the other side. But um, the trauma is now feeling safe. I think the buried, buried trauma. I've had so much just like day-to-day trauma or just, Mm -hmm. you know, cataclysmic events on the surface. But like the deep-rooted, I think, is, is feeling safe enough to work itself out so I can just be watching TV and it, I just let it happen. We, I never get interrupted because it could last from, you know, 10 20, 10, 20 seconds at a time and then stop and then pick up again. It's very unpredictable. It, it never happens when I'm out and about. It's when I'm alone and the door is closed and I feel a sense of just, you know, uh, seclusion. But now, I, but now I've identified it. Not as some as some outside force, but as feeling safe enough to let those things finally release and then transmute in whatever form they're going to transmute into. I'm just observing, so I'm not holding on to anything. But they've come back like gangbusters. 
and there's an exhaustion that goes along. When the hypervigilance drops, the exhaustion can show up. So Mm -hmm. I'm just, yeah, I'm just really pacing myself. And my I, my version of exhaustion, somebody else is busy. It's like a pretty a pretty cool a pretty busy day. So <laughs> so for me it's still I'm still, you know, highly functional, getting highly accomplished, but I'm but the pressure the pressure is off and slow and steady wins the race. I it's really interesting. I went I was in this mindset of feeling like there's so little time left. There's so little time left, and that would really fuel or enable the hypervigilance and the anxiousness and the nervous energy and the flailing all around and all the things known to do. And now doing less, quite interestingly, um, enough. And the paradox now, where I thought, oh, there's, there's, we're running out of time. There's no time. I'm like, oh, I'm, I have all the time in the world. That. If I could hold that grace through my 80s or however long it is that I'm going to be here, that like, oh no, I'm no, this is good because it's, this is going to turn into something else. It's not over. It's going to shift. I mean, aren't we just existing, going from one shift to another anyway? Mm-hmm. But we've been given all this propaganda about you know the finality of death. Uh, does it minimize when we lose somebody? Absolutely not. It's devastating. We felt somebody, but we felt someone. We loved them. We adored them. We miss them. It hurts. I am not minimizing that. That that's our Achilles heel. We we wear that as a badge of honor. But saying that, but for ourselves, you know, I was researching assisted suicide. Like, what's going to happen? I don't want to turn it to my mom. I'm not eligible. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. I fine. But now my mind shift has, I don't care about that now. My mind shift has totally shifted. Can I be aware of being aware of observing and that not fall into the traps of what it looks like to uh, evolve as a mature person in this life? How about that? Mm. It's crazy though, right? Something's definitely going on. I mean, I don't know what's going on with the planets and the moon and this, that, and the other, but <laughs> sure, we got a full moon coming sure. up. <laughs> Do we? Do we have one? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Tomorrow. I'm not Tomorrow. Oh, no wonder, because that bitch was bright. I'm like, what are you? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> going through my my curtains. I'm like, excuse me, Melissa. Melissa. <laughs> she kind of comes through my window. <laughs> Goodness. Well, um, mm-hmm. do you have a hand raised, by the way? And I know who it is. Okay, I'll take friend. it. I'm done. Our friend, Jen. Oh, good. Hello. Hi. Hi. Darling. Can you have a card, please? No. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, of course. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. There's some people I want to be like, call another show, but not you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Not so gonna Jen, lie. Jen uh, is, is skipping work today, so she can listen to us live. I told her, oh, thank her. I thanked her for her sacrifice. Uh, oh my god! For the greater good, for the greater good of the planet. Sometimes you have to do that. Okay, it is loaded and ready, so you can hit the music, Miss Thing. All right. Oh, she's a pick? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. The number associated with this message is, ooh, I know, Jen, you know, because I know, I know she likes the numbers. This is a good one. 828. Eight. Yay. Yay. Here is your message. Healing alignment to wholeness is a simple and uneventful process. The, oh my God, this is just what we're talking about. The burden of a personal narrative is what obstructs health. What was I just saying? <laughs> the burden of a personal narrative is what obstructs health. 
This is why it's so beautiful to be the observer because that is a burden of having that personal mar- that hypervigilance, right? Mm. I'll read it again. This is so in keeping with what we were just talking about. Healing, conscious alignment to wholeness is a simple and uneventful process. The burden of a personal narrative is what obstructs health, A to A. That is deep. Mm. Well, I mean, just, just yeah, you're right. That message is such uh, an interesting thing to, to dive into. And not to get into the story of it, because we don't want to do the story. Um, but it nope. is about, about well, first, our body is, well, our body, I think all of us, all parts of us, it, it's, it's designed to heal mm-hmm. if we don't get in our own way. Um, but we overthink it. And sometimes the mental part of it, like the, the story part of it, is we hold on to that. The generational stuff, the ancestral stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if that is all you're going to be talking about, then guess what? You're going to continue to stay in that, in that environment, right. in that energy. Um, so a lot of times it's, it's this fine line of being, um, like you said, all of what you were talking about earlier of being aware of things and then just not sticking to that. Like, okay, I'm aware of it. I'm aware of it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And then realizing you're just really repeating all that and, and nothing has really changed. It's so good for all of us to hear because when you're finally just present and you're just, you're, you're just aware enough, but not attached to any of it is when you, right. When you actually notice the, the flow that's already, always been happening. Um, yep. and, and that you can be part of that, uh, but not have to, you know, give a play by play. Although there's a purpose to that. It's just once you can Absolutely. go through all of that, once you can go through all of that and, and then whatever comes along, you're like, okay, I'm, I am going to change things up a little bit because I've, I've done this a few lifetimes now. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's not linger anymore. Because now you understand the next step was to just to just let it go. Um, you on the cusp of a nine, but when we look at these numbers with eight two eight, it it's still a nine. <laughs> oh snap! Oh, <laughs> I didn't even do the math. Cause that's your job. Ah. I know, I know. I had to get wow. the apples out. I mean, eight two eight. Quick slide. Quick, mm. quick slide. Um, slide. <laughs> And and even the symmetry of of those of those numbers. I mean, eight two eight. It's it is the bridging and the connecting of two ideas of how you manifest and of how you um, how you have your how you use your power. Um, mm-hmm. And and so whether you you think you're doing it the right way or the wrong way, and whatever storyline flows through all of that in any given moment, you're still creating something. You're just still putting energy into something. You may not be aware of how it all uh, plays out, and you don't even need to know that. Um, mm-hmm. But your willingness or openness to look at where you are and and just sit with that and not have to do anything, um, that that's when you're in that flow. And the nine is, is about an unfolding of all mm. the all the wisdom that you already have within you, and it, whether it's because you were born with it, um, or because you've had a lot of stuff happen, <laughs> you have a lot of experiences. Um, yeah, we're all in that in that constant state of experiencing. Um, and with this nine, the beauty of it is, it, it that's just how it works. That's why that's why you you are a role model, unbeknownst to you, um, just by you living your life. It's why when you say a kind word to a stranger and it's just because you know that's what you wanted to say, it's not because, oh, let me try to fix this person. It's just sometimes you just, you're, just, you're just in the right place at the right time and you've said the right thing. Right. And there was no premeditated thing about that. Um, I'm getting this, this word, the guru. You know, we have, we, we have these gurus, spiritual or otherwise, and um, you know, we put people on the pedestal 
And some, some people really own that mantle and others are like, I'm just doing whatever I do. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to, to be right. that person. Uh, so that's, you know, that's your, you know, your opinion of me is your business. <laughs> that's fine, but I'm going to, I'm just going to do what I do. Um, but it's just interesting where there are times when we need that, we need that teacher. And so we put somebody in that mm-hmm. position, whether they feel like mm-hmm. they're doing that or not. Uh, and until you realize, oh, you know, it's not like, oh, I don't need that person. I just, it's just, oh, I, I learned, I learned enough that there's enough of that in me as well. And, um, and it just goes full circle. The nine just covers everything. And that's why it's, it's, it's so vast and why you can have a different take on, on that energy uh, because of the, of the frame of mind that you're in. If, if you're feeling you know, jaded and cynical, that's a very difficult energy to, to understand or to appreciate. You can understand it. You might not appreciate it. Um, right. But then when you're, when you're in that flow, you're not worried about the story of the nine. You're just like, oh, well, it's just, it's just, it is what it is. And, and it's not a, um, it's not a, uh, a blase, oh, it is what it is. You know, it, it, it literally just, it, it is what it is. And you're, you're seeing it for what it is. And you're not trying to put a spin on it. It, it is what it is. And it plays itself out whether you're on the ride or not. It's going to do like, like law of attraction. It works whether you realize it or not. There are, there are certain laws that happen, and you don't get a say on how that's going to play out. You're you're part of it, whether you're aware of it or not. So um, it's a beautiful message, and I see that she yeah. Oh you. So I I, I blinked out for a minute. Sorry about that. <laughs> Jen is in the chat. Where well, you're actually on the phone, Jen. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, I how's that? A little bit of a yeah, I'm going to interpret it a little bit the, the how I took it. Um, oh yeah, it's your message. <laughs> to me, the the two like you've always told us is about relationships, right? Mm-hmm. And to mm-hmm. me, the first numbers usually past the middle is the present, and you know oh. the, the last mm-hmm. numbers the future. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how I'm taking it because it's relevant to what I explained to my son the other day, his, he broke up with his girlfriend, whatever. So I said to him, I said, well, what'd you learn from that relationship? I said, because relationships, the two are how we learn about ourselves and That's like right. what we like, what we don't like and that sort of thing. So, and right. then the eight, you know, is, you know, manifest manifestation. So to me, the eight in the past means you, you know, you've manifested these relationships thus far. And then the eight in the future means, you know, time to go forward with new ones so you can learn more about yourself. That's right. Mm -hmm. And congratulations on the recent graduation. He looks so cute in the suit. Oh, yeah. Uh, I saw the Instagram. formally graduate at the end of June, so. But uh, actually, his girlfriend stood him up for prom. What? Oh, was that prom? Was that prom night? And when he was in that outfit? That was prom night. Yeah. And oh, um, okay. He'd gone to her prom the week before, but Stop she it. said, "Oh, I've got, I've got uh, food poisoning." But he didn't believe her, and I didn't believe her either. So he, he, she stood him up. Hmm. Oh no, honey, we don't do that. Okay. No. Next. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Next. So. That's it. Wow. When, when I asked oh. him, I said, what, did, what did you learn from that relationship? And I'm glad he broke up with her because, you know, he's not someone who would tolerate lying. He said, mm-hmm. you know, I, he, at first he said, well, that's a good question. And he didn't really think of He thought about it. And he went, you know, I, I didn't keep my boundaries with her. Mm-hmm. Ooh, how you know? wise. The children yeah. are so, I'm telling you, they're an advanced alien race, these young children. Like any, any <laughs> older person is like, oh, the kids of today, I'm like, you know what? Get off the rocking chair because that's not true. Uh, <laughs> they are an alien race of intelligent be- So many of them. You know, your kids, yeah. my kids, like the people like, no, like they talk like they're 40. I'm like, okay, okay. Because when I was your age, <laughs> thank God we didn't have social media because I'd still be in jail. So, <laughs> wow. Good for him. So yeah. evolved. You know, like my, my older son, uh, he's like, oh, my God, I just read Eckhart Tolle's The New Earth, and it's encoded with all these transmissions. But I'm like, okay, look, you're 24. Thank you. Right. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Love that. 
Oh, yeah. That, that is, is a really, life, if he of, understood that, that is a life-changing book, but very hard to understand. It is. And he understood very it. Hard. Very evolved. Very. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. So he's been, um, I would have to say, I would have to say since uh, late high school, like mid-late high school, he's been very open. I would say since he's like, oh, since he's like 14. Hmm. He actually, I was a guest uh, reader or guest whatever at this uh, spiritual event outside of Philly where remember, I don't know what happened to our listener, Michelle. That's how I met her. Remember mm. when we had this listener named Michelle? She used to call in yep. all the time. Yep. And I even did a few private readings for her. Yeah, so I think Cole was 14 and he was sort of like my assistant. So, I, yeah, I would have to say since he's an early teenager, he's been open open to this. God, I haven't thought about that. Um, <laughs> but that was when I made a personal appearance. Um, but, yeah, he was 14 years old. So, yeah, so he's, so for 10 years now he's been sort of, I mean, and that's very evolved. Now, we've all been very young with our interest and curiosity, uh, but it was more conventional and mainstream and very sort of like to ourselves, you know. Um, I think, Lisa, just from what I understand from what you as a child, myself as a child, I think I was like 11 when I started becoming interested in these things. I didn't know what they were, but fascinated and interested. Mm-hmm. But it's very different, you know, like your son, Jen, that's remarkable. Yeah, like, and you know what? These children need to be smart because they're such a mess of what for them. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you have to adapt to, yeah, to the mess that unfortunately was left for you to clean up. It's a lot of, uh, a lot of paradox. So much progress, but then so much um, the illusion of regression. It's very interesting. Two very polar opposite forces well, concurrently. And- and a lot of times you don't, you just don't know. You don't know what you have. You know, what you don't really mm-hmm. know what you like. Your son had to take that time. You know, I, I don't know. I've just been in it. <laughs> um, and you, you don't know until you take a moment to reflect or if you have a, a, a reason uh, to take that pause. And usually the reason is some type of contrast that, you know, like, well, I was thought, I thought everything was fine until, it, until it's not. And, and right. You know, as we grow into living these lives, it's uh, you start to realize I, there are times when I do need to take a moment and sort of assess. And hopefully, it's not yeah. because of something traumatic. It can be something difficult, but not traumatic. They're two uh, different things. Um, and and sometimes it's it's taking that moment you realize the difference. You're like, well, you know, it it's it was it was it was a hard thing, but it, I'm not traumatized by it. And sometimes you are, right. that's fine. <laughs> but, right. But I think the more we're able or, to do that. the trauma has re- is released is, is, yeah, yeah. You know, on a quantum level. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. The shaking, the convulsing, the whatever. Or what's going on, what you've been experiencing physically. That, oh, that could be really looked at differently. Go ahead. And then, the, you know, the thing that's interesting with, like, what you're talking about, I love what you said because it's true. I think that's... I think there's a lot of stuff we hadn't processed, especially when we're kids. Nope. We don't have the oh, tools God, no. for that. I mean, at least nope. we didn't. You're like, your son, you know, <laughs> I've met oh, your son. Hello, I've met you're your welcome. Kids, you know? You're, you're like, yeah, you know, welcome. they're like levitating yeah, in their welcome. spare time. They're levitating. It's not mm-hmm. no big deal, you know. Yeah, no um, big deal. That's what we do. Um, uh, but what's interesting is that uh, I saw my mom this weekend, and, and she mm. has the same skin conditions that I have now. Stop it. Yeah. Girl, that that reminds me of when uh, right at the cusp of my mother making a crazy, not crazy, a severe decline, I looked at her. We both had styes on the, right. uh, on the same eye, and I'm looking at her in the eye, and she's looking at me. I'm looking at her, and I'm like, what? exact. Mm-hmm. So... Is this new for your mother? Uh, to this degree, I think, yeah, I think she's had, I think, I think it's, it's relatively new. 
Um, this is does she know? And did you talk it like? I not that you got no, to get into she, the whole metaphysical. Listen, thing. look, my Go mom. Ahead. My mom notices everything. She can't hear yeah, everything. Of course she does. She'll notice everything. That, yeah, she'll so, notice you know, that, that, that that piece of lint. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's noticed right. my skin condition for uh, for you know she'll forget that she remembered about that like you know the last trip or whatever. Because with with and it's psoriasis. She went and got it checked out. It's psoriasis. Um, of course, it is. I'm like, right. I'm like I knew it was. <laughs> yes, of course. And and so, like with me, it started. I think it started on my on my legs and my arms, and then it mm-hmm. was on, on on like my torso, and then it's on, like on my scalp or behind my ears. Um, wow. And so for her, it's showing up on her legs and her arms. You know, wow. on her scalp, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, and she's going to do a different route than what I've been doing, but that's okay. Of course. Um, but, I mean, I, and I've, looked, I mean, I've looked at her stuff. I'm like, man, that, that looks like I know, I, know, I, know what it, I know what it feels like. But it, especially against, against her skin, I'm like, wow, that's, uh, that's pretty, pretty rough. She must, be not, she must be very uncomfortable for things. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's super itchy, and you know you don't need to pick at it, but you will. So right, that is deep. Mm-hmm. What does that make you think when you saw, like, when you recognize, like, it's like in the same areas? And... Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of similarities. I, I get it. Um, you know, if you look up, like, in in the you know, Louise Hay book, psoriasis, yeah. is fear of being hurt, deadening, wow. deadening the senses of the self, refusing to accept responsibility for our own feelings. Yeah. Ooh. That is so, like, just going your knee. That's like dark night of the soul shit. That is like, wow. Yeah. I mean, and in, in general, it's just, you know, see skin problems. You look up skin problems. It's anxiety, fear, Old buried guck. I am being threatened. So, and you inherited that from your mom. And she inherited it from. Inherited, yep. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it's yep. on both sides yep. of the family. Like my dad has it too. Oh, of course it is. Oh my lord. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it goes into these core wounds. Yeah. These core issues. You know, if my if my mother was the product of an illicit affair, okay, and it's really funny how things skip a generation because my mother should have been a nun and like the mother superior at a convent. That that would be her archetype. That would be my mother. Her mother um, enjoyed her dalliances with with men and uh, would give uh, psychic readings. And was all about the fashion. And it's really funny. I have more in common with my grandmother who I never met because she was involved with my grandfather who was married to somebody else and was like a diplomat and a, and a, a chemist and like a very powerful person back in the day in Panama. Like there's books about him. Like there's postage stamps with my grandfather on there. Okay? It's crazy. My mother, yeah, yeah. My mother, at age five, was placed in a convent boarding school in, a, in the United States mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at five years old. So my mother was basically abandoned her whole life and disregarded and not valued. So probably the first person that looked at her twice, my father, when she was 18, 19 years old, got her pregnant for marriage. And hence, the rest of her life, that she was with somebody who had a double life and other kids and da 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 So, of course, I'm all about disregard and abandonment. Right. So I better be the one who's observing, the one who's observing, the better observe and keep observing so I don't lose my damn mind. And also to watch her abandon herself. This is why I have not grieved her yet. Mm. I will. I'm not deliberately not grieving her, but I, I understand it. Where she is, is such a tragic full circle moment. 
she abandoned herself when she was like, oh, so I'm not going to do anything to take care of myself. I'm just going to let myself die and put it on my kids because I refuse to leave the house. So I'm sure myself and my two siblings, especially my brother, are traumatized from my mother's deterioration, which took a good year from when she had a heart attack to when she died. It was a good year. Far from acute. Yeah. So to abandon the self, neglect us. And how, how many times have we done that? We've done that on such an unconscious level. We better start observing so that we don't do that. It's crazy. So that's fascinating that you see that in your, in, in your, in your mom and in real time. This really is an opportunity. I mean, my mother's gone. So right. I can't work this <clears throat> out with her. She's gone. Mm-hmm. I, the things that I know now, I didn't know when she was dying. I knew what I knew. Mm-hmm. But you have, a, you have a crisis of opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> For your, yeah. It's tough. It's tough. It's a lot to take. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, a lot, it's a lot to take on. But, but for the healing of the relationship and for, and for you, for your edification, you know, what is your life going to feel like when they're gone? And this is not a morbid, negative, negatively charged question. It's more how can you invest in your energetic um, uh, core foundation and how will it ease where your parents are at? Mm. Uh, Because they will evolve to the point that they're going to evolve, but it's new one. You know, wherever the next generation, you know, like where you're going to go is going to be very different than where your niece Isabel's going to go. Oh, yeah. Where I'm going to go, where my kids are going to go, or what have you. It's just, it's, it, it really is evolution. It is an opportunity to take this and based on how you choose to look at the grace and the divine intelligence and the opportunity and the choices within those opportunities for you, it really could be a beautiful gift, like a perfect opportunity to be the next time you travel with your parents. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know what I mean? True. Like ha- that, you know what I mean? Like cultivating the awareness now on a quantum level, meaning gradually, a little incrementally, bit by bit. That's a cellular investment. That's an energetic investment that you're doing. Very, you don't have to um, blindly rush into anything. It's it's really the it really is the wisdom of slowing down, but slowing down in such an elevated manner, of just that trusting how life is unfolding, and and submitting to where it's leading us. And that doesn't mean, does not mean being a passive participant. It means being the one who's observing, the one who's observing. And that's I, feel like very interesting. I feel like I do that quite a bit. I don't realize I'm doing it. <laughs> I like yeah. I, yes, I you like do. <laughs> but, but, but it has a different name. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So what would you rename what you do anyway? How would you reframe that? How would you rename that? I don't know. I have to think about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Okay, <laughs> that's a, of course. <laughs> I might could name it later on. I, Ah, after I, after I, I said a spell. I said a spell. I'm not cool. I'm fixing to rename that. Oh, my God. But I guess it's like the freedom, the freedom of, like, I, of when you sort of step back and you realize all of this effort that you, all this, com, the illusion of all this compensatory effort that you don't have to do, you know, like, like you know, imposter syndrome. Yes, I guilty. Uh, you know, like in relationships with these men, I'm gonna be like the chillest, most whatever, 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 and then they won't go. Uh, they're gonna go anyway. 
or they're crazy, and then you're going to run away from them anyway, so don't worry about it. So all of that strategizing to exist, why, why do we feel that we have to do that? Mm. It's exhausting. Strategi- that's hypervigilance. Do you know that? Yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see you're doing that anyway, but maybe what I'm sensing is that if you create more space for yourself, more infinite space for yourself, mm-hmm. as you are the one who's observing, as you're the one who's assessing on a, you know, on a systemic, gradual, consistent level and everybody having that breathing room to just be like understanding and I think you do what's behind and then really seeing and I'm sorry to say this but just it's it's sad. It's just seeing like the the trauma and the fear, you know, especially coming from your mom. Yeah. That's underneath that, right? Because I can relate that with my mom. Like that's just the core that's underneath this fortress, right, of I'm in control. I have, you know, it's interesting because you said she chooses not to use her hearing aids, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very telling. She doesn't want to hear it, literally. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to hear it. God forbid you bring up the past because they will rewrite history. Oh, that never happened. Okay. <laughs> meanwhile, that, meanwhile, I have the scar, but okay, it didn't happen. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. I made that up. Yeah. Okay. And there's nothing to defend because we no longer need to attack. Def- being defensive is attacking. So if you're in that sacred, well, I like that better than safe space. For in that sacred space, um, of acceptance, grace, and observation, then it doesn't affect you in that way. But that's fascinating that your skin conditions are parallel to each other. Mm-hmm. Well, and, when, like, and when she, yeah, go ahead. Well, she's, you know, she's really coming up. It's coming up and out of her skin, you know? Mm-hmm. So she's in the middle of what I was you know, I'll have my bouts, like, it's it's sort of, you know, it's sort of working its way out um, of my system. I, I have my right. moments. I have longer moments of time where I'm not flaring up. Um, wow, good for you. And she's sort of in the beginning of it because wow. it's, it's really making itself known on, wow. on more parts of her body than, like, just her scalp. Wow. Um, poor thing. So, so things are are coming up, and yeah. it doesn't surprise me. And and yet, you know, there are things that I know she probably, you know, she probably won't do. Although I, she surprised me too, where she's been open to certain things, and and if she if she yeah. tries it, you know, she's like, okay, I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't, I was expecting major resistance. I think with me. Um, having lived a lot of my life where I've had to be quiet and just watch because I can't, mm-hmm. I'm not in that place to be like, well, you need to do this. You know, I guess if I were like a baby boy, it might be a different situation where I just would have spoken up and said something and who knows, but that wasn't the case. And, um, uh, you know, for me to say something, even now, like I have to really feel enough you know, compelled, like, Oh, I feel strongly enough about this. I'm going to say something. A lot of times I just right. don't. Um, yeah. Why bother? So it's interesting to be, to have lived a life so far where I, yeah, being the observer, but you know, you made a, 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 a difference there. You, you specified, you know, it's not about being um, a inactive or a passive person, a pa- right. participant, you know, it, it, and I feel like there are times where, I was totally fine being very passive. Um, mm-hmm. So trying to find where my footing is, um, not so much socially like with my friends because that that was that's just been very easy. But with my family, um, 
that has been a little more difficult for me to navigate. Um, and, and so now when it's very uh, uh, compressed, like with traveling with my parents and it's just the three of us. So I don't have other siblings. It's just the three of us. Wow. And, and I'm, I'm playing such a different role. Um, I'm traveling Mm -hmm. with my parents in many cases. They're taking care of a lot of things. And then in other cases, I'm taking care of everything else. Um, And you're outnumbered. Yeah. So now (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm I'm working with the dynamics that my dad has, has, has. Yep. um, And, you know, with their relationship and how they do or do not communicate. And anyone who's been in a long-term relationship of, you know, decades, you've settled into certain, certain patterns of doing and being and, um, yep. Yep. And so, you know, there's there's that energy, and then there's my mom's energy, and then the, the three of us together—that's a whole different energy. <laughs> so, oh my god, um, you know, when it when I'm a, away from them and thinking about them, it's easier to be in in that in that observation mode. Or, oh yeah, I recall this is how I I remember things happening. You know how things were playing out. But when I'm in it, it's so easy to lose my shit. You know. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think I mean, I've talked about that over the years. Every trip gets a little bit better, uh, and then and then sometimes I feel like okay, I'm I can feel myself regressing. So, you know, mm-hmm. let me see what I can do. Take you know, take a step, take a few breaths. Good. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's where I am, and and then there are times when I'll remember exactly looking at my mom and, and feeling like this is her like as a little kid not not being able not to necessarily to get her away but just to be heard or to be seen and and to be taken seriously um i think that's that's a big part of what is going on with her is that she did not have um she didn't have a way to to be seen um, as anything more than like the spare kid, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so not not the favored first, you know, right. daughter, and not who who would in, in the hierarchy of things would always get the attention. And so she right. she held on to that story of her not being good enough, and uh, uh, you know, like not being pretty enough to be mm. favored and basically not being the right gender. I imagine. I mean, I, I would throw that in oh, there. That's because, tough. Uh, and, I, and I think that's what it is because when she yelled mm-hmm. at me last year, I, I just, it was, it was shocking, mm. but I, I saw that little kid, like she wanted to stop. It was like yeah. temper tantrum. Wow. But it was, it was heartbreaking. Oh my God. And you were the, you took the hit. And they have no idea how much that hurts. You could be you could be eighty five, and your your mother's still alive, and she says whatever, whatever. It, it's eviscerating, right? That's right. Really, yeah, it's tough. You're like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, it was. Yeah, shock. <laughs> and, yeah, and it's that buried rage that they have because they've been so repressed, and it comes comes out from left field, and it feels like such an attack. Like, oh my God, my mother's attacking me. That's adorable. <laughs> so that's uh, God. Uh, yeah. So sometimes I I have to just allow for for that and just like of all the things to try to mm. let, not to let go of that idea, but to just to recognize. Okay, I like guess yeah. If Isabel does that, you know, she's three. She's still adorable. That's one. Her. That's one thing. Yeah, that's one thing. No, that's one thing. It's not cute. You know. Yeah, it's not cute when you're grown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I just feel like she, my mom, just hadn't had that. Uh, and, right. And, and and so she never really had a chance to receive it. I bet she talked a lot of smack out out of earshot <laughs> because she wouldn't right. want to upset her father. But, Poor thing. Right. She couldn't express herself. Yeah. She couldn't express herself, so it comes out in very extreme, um, unexpected 
chronic ways. Um, I'm so lucky to have you as a daughter. But awareness is really is so very interesting to see what happens moving moving forward. But yeah, thanks on the tip for the full moon because I'm like something's in the air. So wow, you can go. <laughs> yeah, it's a full moon. Yeah, girl. <laughs> it's a full moon. So on that note, if any of you need to get a hold of us, you can send an email to loablend at gmail.com. And we are scheduled back on the air this coming Tuesday at 8.30 a.m. United States Eastern Time. Please take care of yourselves and each other. And as always, let the light do the work and to brighter days ahead. Love you. Love you. Bye. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.